right, before we get in the Word, i got to read something to you. I don't think anybody in the room enjoyed the uh, inauguration today. If you did, yeah, that's exactly right. I was working. I didn't, I didn't even pay any attention to it. I didn't even bother with it. All right, I think a lot of people are disappointed, but I want you to not be. Don't be. I'm going to tell you something good that has happened in this country in the last year. We found out just how corrupt they are. I was actually very ignorant, even the Republicans, and how bad it is. And the rhinos and the mess that goes on and the, and the people that just are cowards. And I'm assuming, and I want you to understand something. Christians don't threaten people and to kill them if they don't vote right. But everybody else does. So if you want to know what happened, I'm going to think, I think some people got scared. Well, we need some Davids that aren't afraid of giants. The rumor is, and I'm, and I'm not telling you it's a rumor because I want to say it's a rumor. I'm telling you this is a rumor because I want you to pray it does happen. I want Trump to start a network. And I heard he might start a party. Okay, not, somebody needs to. Somebody needs to. Because I'm not going to be silent. Amen. And I think it's time for us to turn on the news and get it and get it right. And Facebook and everything else. So I'm very, I'm very bothered by what's happening. And I'm very bothered that the American public, and maybe we need to open our eyes to the fact that they're not as Christian as we thought they were. They're not. So we have our work cut out for us. We have a whole generation that doesn't even know who Jesus is. And they're better, they better find out. So we got a lot of work to do. Now, I'll build my church. The gates of hell won't stand against it. I'm going to read something to you from this book. It's called Patriot's Handbook of Political Action for Pastors and Churches. It was given out to pastors so we would stop being afraid to preach political issues from the pulpit. A lot of preachers quit. There's only about 30% of the churches in America that preach truth. Don't water it down. That's not good. That means the pastors need to get saved. Uh, this is Reverend James Garfield wrote this. He said, the people are responsible for the character of his Congress, of her Congress. If that body be ignorant, reckless, and corrupt, it is because the people tolerate ignorance, recklessness, and corruption. If it be intelligent, brave, and pure, it is because the people demand these high qualities. If the something continental does not find us a great, if the next centennial does not find us a great nation, it will be because those who represent the enterprise, the culture and the morality of the nation do not in its controlling the spiritual forces. All right, in other words, the church is responsible. We are. So let's don't get too mad about what's going on. I watched the election and I saw a bunch of people that I've already begun to pray that will never be in office again. And I pray that Walmart will take them in when they get booted out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, now I'm a fighter. Now let me make a statement to you. There's a Bible, there's a scripture that says a righteous or bold is a lion. I want you to start seeing boldness as an attribute. Yes. We have a lot of cowards yeah. in America today. And I, I get criticized a lot because I'm bold. 
I'm not arrogant. And I am humble. Because I said I was. <laughs> Moses said he was the humblest man in the earth. And if he can say it, I can too. Humble just means that you're submitted. That's all humble means. You're under authority. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a bad thing to call yourself humble if you know you are. Um, it's not pride. But people need to start being courageous. And start voicing and talking. We have thought by leaving things alone, they would be all right. And they're not. You're going to have to get involved and you're going to have to raise your voice and you're going to have to start, you're going to have to learn what's going on. And I, you'd, I would be, you'd be shocked at how many Christians have no idea what's happening. And they're ignorant and they've chose to be ignorant. And it's not okay anymore for you to choose to be ignorant. Well, wait, I just don't get involved in politics. Well, you're a bad Christian. That's right, that's what you are. You're not a good Christian. I watched a video yesterday of a Catholic priest that got up and just reamed his church out. I went, you go, buddy. Robe was flapping in the breeze, baby. He said, if you voted for Biden, you are one corrupt Catholic. And he was, I went, man, you come preach in my church if you want to. I'm going to quit talking bad about the Catholics if they all start acting like him. I might even get me a robe. You never know. I don't. I ain't getting a robe or skinny jeans. So don't worry about it. Mary Friend was talking the other day about me being a little more um, culturally acceptable in the way I dress, and I said, "Well, I've done pretty good. You know, I'm wearing jeans now." And I said, "I said, but I ain't getting no skinny jeans." And I ain't getting no smoke and I ain't getting no skinny jeans. So just don't look for it around here. Hell would freeze over but I ain't wearing skinny jeans. Are y'all all right? There's just some things I ain't doing. Providence has given to our people, this is John Jay, the choice of the rulers and its duty as well as the privilege and interest of our Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. There's nothing in the world wrong with you being a Christian. And there's nothing. I, I, went, I was downtown in the city hall one day. And they asked me to pray over city hall. And I stood up and I said, I'm a pastor. And I am a Christian. And it's not against the law yet. I'm not apologizing to anybody. I'm not bucking. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have to stop being politically involved because I'm a Christian. I'm salt of the earth. Jesus is Lord. So I think it's time for us to just, you know, to be salt and light and just start standing up and just trust that these next four years, I'm hoping they're short. I'm praying to that extent. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm praying every day now. Knock them off the throne, Jesus. Knock them off. That's all I'm going to do politically. Are y'all ready for the word? Woo, Glory. Get your Bibles out and go to 1st Daryl. You say, is there such a scripture? There must be because people always say, you said. <laughs> I'm being a smart aleck, or am I not? Go to Luke 8. Go to Luke chapter 8. The sermon tonight is called Rooted. I want to see what they did. Oh, look at that. That's a tree. That's a lot of roots. That's, man, that's a lot. Well, you could put a swing in that thing, couldn't you? 
You could build a house in it. Sermon is called Rooted. Again, let me tell you, I was praying this morning, and um, they always call me and ask what I'm preaching on, and I don't have any idea what I'm preaching on half the time. And I went to the Lord, and I began, and I said, you know, I could do a lot of stuff, but what do you want me to do? And he gave me this word, and uh, he started talking to me about where, you know, every tree that we have in our yard, we know it has roots. Bob, the guy in the back, back in he came over and moved an oak tree out of my yard that blew down in the last hurricane. And the root system wasn't very big because the root system found water within about seven feet. And the root system didn't have to get very big. So the root system wasn't big enough to handle the wind. And the tree came down. And that happens in Florida a lot. And that's why trees blow down because there's no root system. I want you to read this. We're going to talk about being rooted and what it means. So Luke 8, 4. And when a great multitude had gathered, they had come from every city. He spoke a parable. Later, he said this was the Mac Daddy of parables, and I want you to know that. A sower went out to sow seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on a rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it, and others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried and said, he's not crying, he's, he's raising his voice, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, I want you to listen to what I just said. And the disciples asked him, and it was later when they asked him, what does your parable mean? He said, to you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to the rest it's given in parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. What's wrong with the word? Say nothing. There's nothing wrong with the word of God. So a lot of times something goes wrong and people ask the question, what happened to God? Nothing. Not God's, not on God's end of it. We're going to learn that it says at the top of your Bible, the parable of the sower. I want you to understand that those, those five words right there are not canon of Scripture. That was added to explain to you the parable Jesus is fixing to say. I would like to change that and let's call it the parable of the soil. It has nothing to do with sower and it has nothing to do with seed. The parable is about the soil. And he's going to talk about four different types of soil. So it's not the, the person sharing the word and it's not the word. Nothing wrong on either one of those ends. The, the issue that he's going to talk about is where the seed landed. Now you understand he's talking to a culture who farms and they understood this. Now let's go over this and let's read on. It says... Now, the parable is this, the seed is the word of God or the preaching of the word. Those by the wayside, those people by the wayside are those that hear and the devil comes and takes the word out of their heart, lest they believe and are saved. They never even got born again. The ones on the rock are those when they hear, receive the word with joy and they have no root who believe for a while in a time of temptation fall away. Now, let's stop right there. We can go on there in a minute, but let's stop about this. The health of the plant 
and the fruit is in the root system. The health of the plant is the roots. It's not in the tree itself. It's the root system. So there's another parable Jesus spoke and he said that a man went out to an orchard and it didn't grow fruit. So he dug around it and manured it. What's he doing? He's fertilizing the root system. Now, so Jesus is saying here that the issue with, this, with these plants that were planted is one system had no moisture. Why is that? Well, when it's planted on rock, it's no way for it to get its roots down to get into the moisture. So when the sun comes out, the, it dries up all of the surface moisture the plant has no moisture and it dies. All right. So is moisture the issue? Well, it, it, yeah, it is. So it goes on to talk about in the weeds and then it talks about good ground. The good ground is the place where the root system is able to actually go down into the dirt and roots grow looking for water. That's what causes roots to grow. That's the reason you don't want to overwater a plant. I know I had, I mean, I had a little, little knowledge of plants, not anywhere near what Bob or people know. But, but the guy came to me one day and says, water it and thoroughly water it. And I mean, fill it, fill a pot full of water and then let it dry out so it doesn't get root rot. Then let it have a, a time, you know, I don't, don't water it every day. I water it, we'll water plants every other day and you'll have healthy plants. Well, when plants can't get the water they need, the, the roots start looking for it. And it isn't the big roots that are getting it. It's those itty bitty teeny weeny roots that are keeping that tree alive and making fruit. So that is what he's talking about with you. He's saying it is your root system that's either healthy or not. So, so, so let me, let me read this because. The sun comes up, dries the moisture on the surface. That's a shallow Christian. In, in verse 13, the ones on the rock, those who hear, they heard the word. They received the word with joy. They shouted and hollered in church, hallelujah, praise the name of Jesus. And yet they didn't last very long. Now, why, now listen, listen to me very carefully. If you want to make it in life, you're going to have to seek God. It's not enough to come to church and holler about the Bible. You've got to have a season and time in your heart where you're seeking God. You've got to get your Bible out and go looking for truth. It's not going to fall on your head. You're not going to have a better life just because somebody watered you one day. Because you may not have water for a little while and you get to get your roots. That's your spiritual life. And you've got to start looking for moisture, which would be the word of God. So your, your relationship to this book is paramount to you living in victory. Yes. Now, let me say this to you people who like the young ladies hadn't been here long. Don't expect things to be grand for you. The devil will attempt to take you up. Don't just wake up one morning and go, well, you know, something happened. I'm going to tell you something. Something's going to happen. But you're going to better, you better get rooted in the word and be ready when the storm comes, not if it comes. It's coming. And that's why you see people get born again in church. They last about three months. 
and they're gone. Because they've never developed seeking God on their own. You know, my sermons, as great as they are, thank you, are not enough to keep you spiritually alive. That's like raining. You're going to need more than rain. You're going to need to literally have an irrigation system going in your garden. So, so it says some, some people, something, now, now let's look at verse 14. The ones that fell on thorns are those when they have heard go out and choked with cares, riches, and pleasures, and they bring no fruit to maturity. That means that they had a root system, but something's stealing the moisture. Something's taken the moisture that belongs to the plant, and the plant never develops. And you've got to guard against what's stealing the word of God out of your heart. Because if you want to make it, you're going to have to get rooted. All right. Now, roots take time and they have to be created on purpose. You've got to, on purpose, make roots. All right, Psalm 1. Go to Psalm 1. When someone asked me this question the other day, and I'm going to tell you what I said and what they asked me. When I got born again, I was quite the little heathen. Not as bad as Zach, but, but, but close. No, listen, I ran around with a group called the Outlaw Gang, flowery individuals. Smoked a lot of reefer. I grew it. I had the best dope in all of Dorville, Georgia. I cured it with apples. I had to quit telling people my recipe when they asked me. I said, that's not Christian. You don't need to know my recipe. Um, smoking dope, drinking beer, drag racing. I was a Dukes of Hazard hippie. Redneck hippie. Hell-raising hippie. I got thrown out of a city. Gwinnett County was a county where people were known to commit suicide by shooting themselves in the head five times. Bad place. Occasionally, when the police were taking people to jail, they would escape and have to be shot. One guy was shot one day because the cop's gun fell out of his holster and shot him in the back of the head. And you and I both know all of that's true because they told us it was true since it was the chief of police's son that killed the guy. And so that's the kind of town that I'm talking about when they came to me one day and said, if we ever see you ride through again, you'll never exit. And didn't come back. So... You know, having said that, when I got born again, I knew this was my way of turning my life around. And God, what I didn't need to play a game. So I got all of my Playboys, all of my uh, girly magazines, all of my dope, all of my booze, and all of my rock music, and I threw it in the trash. I did, so folks, listen, I don't, I don't need, if I'm going to live for God and have a good life, I don't need to hang on to my own life. I chunked it. That was the end of that life. From that, I, I didn't listen to a rock and roll song from the day I got saved until now. Never. I don't even listen to country music. There's only one song I've ever listened to. Lisa played it. And it was the one about mama and riding in daddy's pickup truck. And it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Never mind. Y'all, it's obvious y'all don't watch, listen to country music. I don't either, but I have heard that if you play it backwards, your dog will come back and your wife will come home. So, 
But I just decided to cut the world because I didn't, I did not need it stealing. Not that God would leave me. He said, I'll never leave you. But I don't need the influence in my life. If I'm going to go forward, I, I got the weeds out. And I got my Bible and I started reading it. And I decided I better take this serious because I, I'm not playing a game here. I gave it all for the devil and gave it all to Jesus. And that's why 40-something years later, I'm still on fire for God. I hadn't backslid. You don't have to either. Now, let me tell you something. If you have problems with your friends, witness to them. They'll leave. Someone said, did you leave your friends? No, they just never came back around. My brother called me one day and says, I'll invite you to the party if you'll promise not to talk about Jesus. I said, I will and talk about Jesus. He said, well, you're not invited. I saw him twice since then. I don't see him much anymore. I got to go to his house not too long ago. That's been almost 40 years ago. Not everybody in your family is going to like you getting saved. It does bother people. So I decided to do something with my root system, and, and I did it. And uh, Psalm 1, let's read this. One of the reasons is I read the scripture right after I got saved. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God, and in his law, the word of God, he meditates day and night. Meditation is how you get the roots to grow. He will be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in season whose leaves shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, I'm not, I learned right there that there's two types of, of ways to water a plant. First of all, you can wait for the, for the rain to do it, but that's not consistent. So it's not always going to rain on schedule. So you need to be planted by a source of water that has the ability to water you on a regular basis. And what that means is, in, in Florida, it means you need to get your root system and you need to run it pretty deep so that you're not dependent on a rain shower. You can actually, you know, the trees in my yard, they do good because, like I said, seven feet down is the water table. Once they find it, I don't have to water them anymore. But until then, you do have to water them. But hey, a grass, and I'm, gonna, I'm referring back to all the people here that know, I don't know whether you understand this or not. It's called cow pasture grass. All the rest of the stuff is just sissy grass. Bahia grass has about a three-foot root system. That's the reason why you, you, just, you can't kill the stuff. If you've got, it's called pasture grass. And I mean, the minute it just has a frost, the grass comes back. And I love it. It's, it's cheap grass, but you don't, you don't, you know, it grows in my yard like a weed. Because my yard's so moist. But see, you and I have got to start learning that you've got to find a spring. You've got to find water. You've got you to get your heart to where it has found a source of moisture that it's pulling from on a consistent basis. And that would be the word of God. All right, let's look at another one. Isaiah 54. I'm going to read a few here. Well, I'll just pop them on the screen. Put Isaiah 54, 14 up there. Let me just not make you turn. In righteousness, you'll be established. Now, the, the Hebrew word there is rooted. And you will be far from oppression. 
you shall not fear and from terror, it'll not come near you. In, in, he's talking about being rooted in righteousness. You've got to get your roots down in the word of God if you ever expect to live a righteous life. But see, we have people that don't. They neglect the word of God. They don't pick it up. They don't read it. They're not, they're not putting the effort in to go find the water. Now, let me make that statement again. You're going to have to look for it. I have, I did something for you guys. I got the best books on earth out there. I have the best bookstore in the, in, in the world. You don't need all of the books in the, in the bookstore because some of them are just junk. But I mean, you can go out there and spend $5 and get rooted. Rooted in righteousness. There's books on healing. There's books on prosperity. There's books on living right. There's books on marriage. There's, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, if you take, someone says, which one? Well, just pick one. They're all good. And someone said, have you read all of those books? Most of them five times. I counted my books one day. In my office at home, I have 1,000 books. I thought I had more than that. I think I gave some of them away or someone stole them. And I, that's not all of them. But see, I, I learned early, you, you got to feed your faith. You got to feed yourself. All right. It's talking about being rooted in righteousness. So we we're talking about this last night in class. We're talking about faith. You get, you, someone prays for you, lays hands on you. You get a healing and you never, and you never pick up your Bible. Kenneth Hagin said, I read an article on healing every day. Every day, I read something about healing. You want to walk in health? So there's a book on healing, but Brother Hagen wrote. It's a, it's a devotional, and it has just one page on healing. And so you ought to get in the habit of just, you know, it doesn't take long. Just I have stuff, Rick Renner in my phone. I got Mark Hagen in my phone. I got all kind of stuff. And it doesn't take long to just pick it up and just read the Word of God and, and water your faith. Just spend five minutes reading and going. You don't spend hours and hours and hours. And, and you can drive down the road and put CDs in and, and listen to the word of God. Spend a little bit of money on something other than, you know, your you know, new hats and bullets and guns and Barbie dolls or whatever, jewelry or what all the stuff you ladies spend all your money on. Uh, I went by one day and looked at all the cosmetics. Lord, that's more than ammo. <laughs> but at least it's still out there, you know. I went, I went buying some stuff for my granddaughter one day. What's that place in Altamont? Oh, yeah, a whole store with makeup in it. That's just too much makeup. No Pentecostals were in there that day. I didn't see a Pentecostal anywhere. Guy did our driveway today. We had it um, uh, asphalt, put asphalt down in our driveway. And he said, what denomination are you? And I said, non. He said, are you Pentecostal? And I went, no, we have makeup. <laughs> he knew what I meant. He said, our ladies wear makeup. I said, eh, some women need makeup. You know. Whoa, I didn't say that, did I? Ephesians 3.17. 
And I better be quiet. I'm not going to. It says that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith and that you would be rooted and grounded in love. What's wrong with your love walk? How deep is the roots? You're not going to read a few shallow scriptures on love and do any good. It ain't going to work. You're going to have to literally meditate on those chapters and get it in you. And when, it ha- when you get a chance to use it, you're going to have to use it and you're going to have to act on it. And you'll have a chance tomorrow. This is the first one. Love is patient. You're going to have a chance on that one right off the bat. Amen. So you got to learn, you and I got to learn that, there, that even though you're born again and God gave you the word of God, there, you, you're responsible for your spiritual growth. We think somehow or another, and I told someone one day, there's more in the Bible than Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. Now, what, is, what do I mean by that? Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 is who you are in Christ. How much God loves you, what he did for, in Jesus, how Jesus died on the cross with a great love he loves you and all that. But Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 are live right. I was so proud of Andrew Walmack. I don't mind using people's names when they do right. If he wasn't doing right, I'd leave it alone. Andrew Walmack made a marvelous discovery lately the body of Christ needs more than who you are in Christ and I went Shandai thank you Andrew he says America's a mess it is a mess and I went and I said Andrew tell all the rest of the preachers I'm told but I'm proud of him he's taken a bold stand there's more in the Bible than just who you are in Christ I love preaching on it but there's a lot more to it there's some, there needs to be some character, and that's, that comes from root. Go to 1 Peter 3, and I'm going to turn here to my Bible. 1 Peter 3. 10. He who would love life and see good days. Anybody here want to love life and see good days? Refrain your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn from evil, do good, and seek peace. Pursue it. What, is, what does that mean? What does that mean? You're not, it's not going to fall on your head. A better life is not going to fall on your head. If you don't seek peace, if you, don't, if you don't go looking for it, you're not going to have any. If you don't look for a better life and look to, to create relationships and work on yourself, you're not going to have a good life. You're not going to find it. You're, you're going to have to take your roots and go looking for water. You've got you to get this Bible out and do something other than your promise box or your 10 minutes of Bible reading in the morning. You're going to have to get certain scriptures out and read them every day until that scripture becomes a part of your life. Yes. Now, now, I'm going to read one to you that I had. To, I'm, I'll just tell them myself. I try to tell them, Lisa, but you don't believe she's ever done anything wrong, so I just leave her alone. She's standing back there smiling at me. Here's a scripture I had to confess over myself every day for about three or four months. Not returning evil for evil and reviling for reviling. On the contrary, blessing, knowing you were called to this. 
I went, oh, you mean I need to be quiet? <laughs> yes. Verse 23 of chapter 2, when Jesus was reviled, he did not revile in return, but he suffered. And I didn't know. I said, well, I don't like suffering. When someone's smart to me, I like to smart off back. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm coming over here for a reason. I just, I, I have, I'm kind of like this. I'm not going to just take that off you. But that scripture says, shut up. When people say something to me, I go, oh, thank you, Jesus, and just walk away. That was really hard. I had to walk around like this. I was still talking, but no. Never mind, y'all didn't get that. And after a while, I got, I got pretty good at being quiet. Especially after Lisa came at me with a frying pan one day. I no, she didn't really. Cooking my breakfast. I pick on her a lot, don't I? She needs to be picked on a little bit. No, you've got to pursue it. Now look at 1 Corinthians 14.1. Pop it up on the screen. Just going to go down the scriptures here and look at some. Pursue what? Thank you, Zach. Let's see if anybody else in here knows. Pursue what? Pursue love. Why? Because you ain't never going to do it. it. It is, the opposite of love is not hate, it's selfishness. Your flesh is selfish. If, you're, you're, if you don't pursue it, you're going to be a handful. I'm not over here for a reason, but she's paid me a bit big money to stand here. You're going to have to, I got a, I got a book I got from Mark Hankins, and I'll tell you why he read it. He needs it. On love. I'll tell you, that book is brutal. And Mark said that when he first picked it up, he threw it in the trash. And he said, nobody could live this way. And I thought, glory to God, I ought to read that. I almost threw it in the trash myself. You've got to pursue it. If you want a relationship with someone, a good one, you're going to have to make that happen. It's not just going to happen. Amen. Amen. Now, y'all remember the movie Grizzly Adams? It's because the only person he could get along with was a grizzly bear because the bear would slap him upside the head. <laughs> Let's look at another one here. Hebrews 12, 14. Pursue peace with all people in holiness without which no one will see the Lord. How are you going to find peace? You're going to have to go looking for it. You're going to have to, blessed are the peacemakers. Sometimes that means you need to go get them some things straight with people just because you want to keep that relationship. Yes. That's right. yes. Somebody said to me one time, it says it's better to love than be right. Yeah. That's right. Some things aren't worth fighting over. Some battles aren't worth winning. Don't you just learn to be nice? Do you always have to say something and talk and give everybody your opinion? You know, if you keep giving people a piece of your mind, it won't be long. You won't have anything left. Never mind. Y'all didn't get that a bit. I'm glad Zach's over there. I'm getting intimidated by y'all. Bad. All right, go here because this one, this one we got to read. Go to Proverbs 2. I'm talking about your Christian character. And I'm talking about the world we're living in right now. Thank you. 
Have you noticed that everybody else around us seems to be mad? Well, you, well you, I'm not joining the ranks. Jesus is still Lord and I'm not going to get mad even if you don't like my mask. I'll tell you what I've been doing lately because instead of getting mad at people, they'll ask me a question and I'll go, and they'll go, what? What? You want me to take my mask off? I said, take yours off so I can hear you. And they go, and we talk and then we put our mask on and leave. I love messing with folks. I just love messing with them. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back and do another sermon. I, this one's not going so good. <laughs> There's a way to make people look really stupid. All right, never mind. Proverbs 2. Powerful scripture. My son, if you receive my words, treasure my commands within you, incline your ear to wisdom, and apply your heart to understanding. If you cry for discernment, lift your, lift your voice to understanding, seek her as silver, and search for her as a hidden treasure. Is there any indication that you're pursuing something here? Yes. Bible says draw nigh to God. That means draw nigh to the word of God. You can't draw nigh to God without drawing nigh to the word. Right. Now, if you're not drawing nigh to the word, you're not drawing nigh to God. There's way too many carnal Christians in America. Yes. Way too many babies. Doesn't take a whole lot to say something and to get the feathers ruffled and walk off mad. Yep. I want to ask you a question. When are you going to finally get to the place where someone can have an adult conversation with you? I'll come over here and preach. Why does everybody have to agree with you? Is it possible? You could be wrong. I don't think people in America believe that. Almost can't preach on stuff because people are so accustomed to having their ears tickled that what would happen if I got up and just preached on something like how to raise your kids? Thank you. Or how to quit being a gossip. That's not a prayer meeting. I have something we all need to pray about. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't believe in repeating gossip, so listen good the first time. You know, I found some subjects, you know, you preach on it and everybody gets real quiet. You think you're preaching in a graveyard. I love correction from the right people. I don't want to, I don't want to be wrong all the time. I, I don't, you're not going to say anything that's going to bother me unless you're just attacking me for no reason. But if you say something and I'm right, I'll go search it out and all you've done is just show me that I'm right. I'm not afraid if you challenge what I believe. Challenge. But if you say something to me and I'm wrong and I go and I go, oh, I think they were right about that. Amen. You might actually grow. God has a way of saying things to you that are corrective in nature. You know, when you're married, 
and your spouse is screaming, that's a person telling you the truth that doesn't know how to talk. Listen to what they're saying even though they're jumping up and down and throwing things at you. <laughs> they got so tired of the fact that you weren't listening that they had to, never mind. I, I'm gonna, I'll be back next week. <laughs> if you receive my words, treasure my commands. Incline, go, go looking for it. Look for it. Don't just get up and make a living and come home and expect your life to be better. It's not going to be better. There is no such thing as stagnant faith. Now, go to Jeremiah chapter 1. How are we doing for time? Good. Jeremiah chapter 1. I want to show you something about America right now and why we're hearing prophets. Not everything that you're going to hear a prophet say, you're going to like it. Wow. I'm going to get me someone, sit them right there, and teach them how to holler, amen. Tracy, hey, say amen. Amen. Thank you. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9, And the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said, Behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I have set this day, set you this day over nations and kingdoms to root out, pull down, destroy, throw down, to build and plant. Now listen to me. You can't build a new house sometimes until you tear that thing down that was standing there. There are areas of our nation that are so bad. I think God is ripping it up by its roots. He's exposed it. He's ripping it up. And it's going to have to get ripped up in order to be built back right. You can't keep building on the mess we've been doing. It's come to you now. Sometimes you need stuff rooted out of your life. And you know what? He said, if you say to the sycamine tree, now why did he go from mountain to sycamine tree? Because a sycamine tree is a tree with a very, very deep root system. And what that means is that when you start talking to some things in your life, you need the tree to be gone and the root to it. Whatever is causing you the trouble, you've got a root system in there that's deadlier than the problem you're dealing with. And God's going to come along and go, we're not just going to get rid of the fruit. We're going to get the whole tree out. Amen. So sometimes you might need to speak to some stuff in your life and just get the whole root system out of it. So those are the root systems that you need to pull up and get rid of. All right. Again, we're still on roots. All right. Your heart is the soil and the Holy Spirit is the springs of water. So in John 14, 14, and, and I, won't, I won't go much further after this. Jesus is talking to the woman at the well and he says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. The water you're looking for is already in you. It's the Holy Ghost. 
But you're going to have to go find it. Even though he's in there, you're going to have to go digging and you're going to let that word get in that, in that Holy Ghost system that's inside of you so that out of your belly flows. You're going to have to not only have the word in you, you're going to have to produce the water that the, that the, that the word needs. That's a move of God in your life. Without it, that, that word isn't doing you any good. And you say, well, I don't know where to get that water. Well, the Holy Spirit, when, when you're meditating on the word of God, that, that word will find, it'll find its place in your heart. Your heart's producing the water. That's the reason why you need the word and the spirit. You need the spirit of God, Holy Ghost, but not just Holy Ghost. You need the word. You don't just need the word. You need the rivers of God. And so there's times to worship and sing and count it all joy. And there's times for you to pick up your Bible and go looking for truth. Folks, you can't live in a swimming pool all the time. But you can't live dry all the time either. You got to have them both. God designed you to have a good life or a garden. You are the garden of God and God wants you producing fruit. Amen. So this is a simple sermon. But but when we started off a while ago, we started talking about the the sower sows the word. And and we found out the guy had rocks and and his root system couldn't find any moisture. Folks, you got, you got to do something about the hard ground. You got to do something about it. God's not doing anything about that. How do you plow it up? Well, pray it out. Pray it out of your life. You spend time in the Holy Ghost. You dig all that ground up. I've had times in my life where my prayer life wasn't all that good. It was like difficult. You ever had times you just, we called it a long time ago, praying through. What do they mean by that? Well, that's your heart. That's not a circumstance you're in. That's your own heart. You can get a hard heart. Disobeying God, harden your heart up. You're going to have to get the water of God and the word of God and start breaking all that fallow ground so that that seed has something to work in. If the word of God's not working in your life anymore, go back and do something with that hard heart of yours. Do something with the rocks. Do something with the, with, the, with the weeds that are in it. If you're more interested in things outside of the word of God, you have too many things going on in your life. Stop what you're doing and put him first. Go back and put him first. Now, some people say, well, that's difficult. Well, it's really not. Because out of your heart are the issues of life. All right, now I've got to tell you one more story. I started a garden again. Hallelujah. I learned my lesson. I put it above ground. Last time I put it in the dirt and the weeds in my yard, the grass in my yard is so, my yard is so fertile that I can walk away and and the weeds will grow in my garden before I get back to the house. (laughs) And I went, I got to do something. So I raised it up. I'm building me boxes so the grass can't get to my vegetables. You're going to have to find out what it is you're going to need to do to separate from whatever's killing your, your fruit. So I raised my vegetable garden up about two and a half feet off the ground. I'm fixing to grow me some cherry tomatoes and okra and, and uh, sweet potatoes and collard greens. Y'all don't know nothing about no collard greens. <laughs> Until y'all have some fat back and collard greens, y'all ain't ate yet. 
hog jowls. And I was on the way here tonight, and I was talking to my sister on the phone, and Lisa and I stopped and had to talk to someone on the side of the road. And when I said, I'll call you back. And so I picked up the phone, and she says, what'd you do? Did you have to pick up something dead on the road? And I said, Nancy, I hadn't eaten roadkill since I got saved. If y'all want a good recipe for roadkill, I'll give it to you. If you pick up a good five, seven pound raccoon and you have a good old 55 Chevrolet, the, the temperature of the motor is about 160 to 170 degrees. You just reach up there and just lay them over right behind the radiator. And you've got to ride down the road about 30 minutes and pull over and flip him. I'm trying to help y'all a little bit. Ride down the road about another hour and pull him out and then open him up and see if he's done. If he's not, take another 15 minutes down the road and you can have lunch. Y'all didn't know you. Y'all deserve that. Y'all don't listen very good. I had to stop taking that break. How many of y'all understand the world we're living in right now is going a little bit crazy? All right. It's time for you and I to get rooted in the word. We've got, listen, this, this world's throwing everything but the kitchen sink at us right now. And, and I want you to make it. I want to look up here next month and see you gone. I don't want to. I want to see you still walking with God. And I know things are out there and that's not your problem. The problem is not the, not the sower and it's not the word. It's the ground. And you're the only one that has control over the ground. All right. I think I'm done. Let's see if I have any more notes. Seek first the kingdom and draw near to God. It is 8.02. Good Lord. Ten minutes early. Isn't God good? Right now, people have not taken the growing in God serious. If I show up at church, I'm a Christian. There's a little more to it than just showing up at church. If things aren't going well in your life, it's not your church. And I'm going to prove it to you. When I got born again, I didn't have a church. There was no church in my town. I grew without a church. You ought to be able to grow one even if it's not any good. Because growth is not up to someone else. It's totally up to you. So we need to stop the blame game. Someone else's fault. And there's too much of that going on right now. People not taking responsibility. No matter where you want to go in life, this scripture has the ability to reproduce after itself. You plant it. And you keep the ground right. This thing will grow. No matter what you want in life. You and I, whether, whether, it's, whether it's a habit or whether it's just something you need healing or whether it's prosperity, you plant that word, it'll grow. He says he would have a good life. Your life is going to be great this year or it's going to be the same or worse. That's totally up to the ground. It's not up to the president. I understand we, we don't like that guy. What's his name? 
not a Barack Obama, is it? <laughs> is Joe something? Never mind, I'm being mean. I'm mean, aren't I? How many of y'all ready to grow? Get your Bible out and start, start digging your roots down in this thing. Get, you, you get scriptures and you start feeding on them and you get your heart rooted in the word of God. Amen. Whatever it is, if you've got issues, you get rooted. That's right. and, you, and you get your roots in. Let's pray. Father, I pray tonight that we would learn, we've learned here in this lesson, that, it's, that, that for the plant to grow and us to bear fruit, we've got to have a root system. And Father, there, there's too many things that are attacking us right now to take the root system. Too much television and too much Facebook and too many other things that are, that are getting in there and are distracting us from your word. And Father, there may, be, there may be some hard ground, there may be some rocks, but we're the ones that are going to have to pull them out and do something so our roots will go deep. You told us that this is the secret. And you told us in Psalm 1, that it's very possible for us to go into the secret place, to get into the, get into the fountains of God, and for us to have a good life. So I declare that this year is a good year. I declare it's the best year of our life. I declare that we're going to grow in God more than we've ever grown in our life. Circumstances have nothing to do with the springs of water. If we're planted by the springs of water, if there's drought everywhere, we're going to prosper. And we're going to keep those springs flowing. And if the world goes through a hard time, we're not going to participate with them. If they go through COVID, we're not going to participate with them. If they go through a recession, we're not going to participate with them. We're going to get in the word of God and we're going to bear fruit. And we're going to look back and go, what a wonderful year that was. And Father, now we saw tonight exactly how to do it. And we will pursue you. And we will seek the word as silver, as gold. And Papa God, we give you glory and honor that the word never fails. It never fails. And I pray over the people that are in this church that have only been living for God in a short time, that the devil would not take them out. And they would learn right now how to have a relationship with you through the word of God and to hold on to it no matter what happens. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345 and remember our pastor's vision is this we grow christians so we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time